You know, one of the most magnetic things that we can see in culture is when people actually care about each other. And we've been doing this series on uh, uh, relationships by the book and uh, looking at the reciprocal passages in Scripture. And we're going to take a look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Love from a sincere heart. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word, and my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Welcome back to the podcast, Eric Hurd. What's going on? How are you? Man, Michael, I feel like we need to reintroduce ourselves. Who are you? Yeah. It's been weeks. You know, it's kind of like we took this long holiday break. Yeah. It's been, I think it's actually been months. My daughter is now two months old, and I think it was a few weeks before she was born that we last did this. Well, it wasn't out of complacency. I think it was just out of scheduling. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the the new baby, the holidays. So we apologize to everyone who's missed us. We missed you too. We're back. And I want to jump right in. You used yeah. the word magnetic. Yes. I love that. That is such a great word to use in a relationship setting. Oh, yeah. Because, you, you know, one of the ways you can look at it is, do I have a magnetic personality uh, or are people repelled by me? And, uh, and so what I love is I do love that term, magnetic. So are people repelled by me? Uh, well, Michael, I'll, I'll let you evaluate that. This, this is not about you this morning. Oh, man. I just, I always want everything to be about me. Well, you know, and that's why we're talking about love, Michael. Okay. Let's, yeah. What, what do you want to talk about? Well, I got to tell you, I, I've, uh, you know, over the last few weeks, I have uh, had this wonderful front row seat to how people can treat each other so beautifully. Now, you know, we can talk about all the evil in the world and selfishness and all of that. But, I, you know, I had a couple of incidences where uh, there's a um, family whose uh, daughter uh, went through a tragedy, 22 years of age, and she she's you know, pretty much brain dead. And they had to make a horrible decision, which is to take her off life support. Mm. But I watched the community come around this family and just love on them, just praying for them, offering anything, meals, you name it. And, uh, and you know, when you're going through it, something like that, you know, to have people care is just, you'll never forget them. And uh, I was at the store the other day, and uh, I was doing a little bit of shopping. Uh, and there's a, um, a, uh, a lady, like three people up. And I'm, I'm in back, just kind of waiting. I'm in the, I, I, you know, have you ever gone on the market and you think you're going to get the short line or the fast line? Oh, of course. And it, be, it, it turns out being the slowest line. Well, this lady just, um, just unraveled as the checker told her the amount, and she didn't have enough money. And she, she cried. Mm. And I, I know there's a story there. Like maybe she's just on minimum wage or she's barely making her, her husband. Maybe she's a widower. I don't know. 
But all I remember is the guy behind her looks at her with this huge smile and says, ma'am, I got this. Hands the, the, the checker a $100 bill, finishes paying, I don't know how much he paid, it could have been $60, $70. And the lady kind of shifted and went from these tears of agony to these incredible tears. And she hugged the guy. And, and again, I don't know what the story was. All I know, it was this beautiful illustration of what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, what a cool thing to witness. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, if you listen to the news, all you hear is a bunch of just <laughs> evil and, you know, all kinds of maladies and diseases. And the, But, you know, sometimes when you're out in culture, you know, you're at the store, you're, you know, at the mall, you're, you're just driving and you see somebody do something amazing. It's just beautiful. And, uh, and there, it reminded me of, there's a, a passage in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and uh, Peter had been talking about relationships, and specifically in verses 1 through 7, he talks about husband-wife relationship. But he, he goes on to say, finally, which, in other words, in summation, and I love the word finally or in light of or whatever you might want to say, is he's going to make a really poignant statement. And he gives this directive. He says, finally, all of you, every one of us, be like-minded. In other words, uh, live with a sense of unity. Uh, magnify the things that draw us together, not the things that separate. In other words, highlight our unity. And then he says, be sympathetic. Which, which is feel with other people. And then he says, love one another out of a pure heart. Now, we've talked about love before. There is so much in there. That was oh, cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's like this beautiful tripod yeah. uh, of a healthy relationship. In other words, uh, it's like in marriage. You know, one of the best things you can do in, in marriage is amplify the strengths, minimize the weaknesses. Amplify the things that unify us, minimize the things that divide us. Mm. And But those, like, I was just thinking about those three things. You said unity, uh, sympathy, and love, pure uh, heart, right? Yeah. All of those require me to, to, to let go of some selfishness and meet oh. the other person where they're at, right? Yeah. Imagine every day you woke up. And say, this is one of those days I'm going to have ample opportunity to, first of all, create unity in relationship. Secondly, to be sympathetic, to really feel with other people. And then I had this opportunity to love people out of a pure heart. Imagine if you woke up every day and say, that is what I'm going to pursue. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. I might remember for about a minute and then I'd lose track because I'd see a squirrel. <laughs> well, it, it is easy to get in our own minds. You know, I, I mean, you know, even driving, you know, you ever have those things where people veer into your lane, they don't signal, they're driving too slow. And it, it, it's almost like you go, seriously, you know, you're, don't you know I'm in a hurry? Don't you know I almost hit you because you didn't? You know, we, we, get, we get really self-centered and, and the world revolves around us. Right. But man, the people that are magnetic are the people that truly love her from a pure heart. Mm. I've got so many people I can name, and, and, and this isn't about flattery, you included, that, man, I just love being around you. And you are, as much as you might be hard on yourself at times, uh, I've seen you just love. I mean, you know, we've talked about uh, this thing of gift giving. 
You're one of the best gift givers I know. Yeah. I mean, I can name all the gifts you've given me over the years. Um, You know, I mean, I remember uh, you gave me this watch because you knew that I do a lot of weddings and I had a kind of old beat up black watch and you bought me this new fossil watch. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, and and so every gift you've given me, clothing, you know, um, uh, I, I remember you gave us uh, these patio chairs. Be, you've given us beach chairs. They're really practical gifts. Now, what does a really good gift say about the other person? It's love from a pure heart. In other words, they're thinking about the gift, not going, oh, yeah, I got to get a Christmas gift or I got to get a birthday gift. And they, you know, run, you know, or they get on Amazon and they don't put much thought into it. You are a very thoughtful person. Well, like you said, I love you, so it's easy. So thanks. <laughs> love you, bro. I mean, appreciate that. Absolutely. So so he first talks about this unity thing, which, uh, again, is just there, there's so much that can divide us. Yeah, that's what. Okay, when we have opposing opinions, yeah. but we desire unity. Yeah. What's the formula for that? How do we solve it? Oh, it's so good, and 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 it's it's the missing element we see in culture. You know, when you think about love from a pure heart, okay, like you might have a stance on something. I don't care if it's about drinking or it's a, you know, about immigration or you know whatever it might well, be. Well, I've got one for you. Hold okay. on. Okay, so you got a, a mom and a dad raising a child, right? Yeah. Mom wants to take it easy on the child. Dad wants to teach him a lesson, right? Yeah. Opposing opinions, but you both want to, be, like, I think that's like for me where I'm at in my life. Um, Crystal and I, have, luckily, we've given each other tons of grace. Yeah. But um, how do we stay unified? Okay, so so that's a great question, and uh, and parenting is something I love, and uh, it is hard because typically in a marriage there is a structured parent, uh, a parent that really believes you know you you got to have the rules, and kids have to live by that because you're trying to teach your kids to be respectful of of authorities. You're trying to. Uh, teach them to be, you know, uh, resourceful and, and, you know, out, get outside of themselves. But, you know, um, again, structure is important, but so is nurture. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. usually there's a structured parent and there's a nurturing parent and they look like they're opposing. And sometimes we flip flop too, you know, uh, I'll sure. see Crystal, you know, taking a strong stance and I'm like, Hey, come on, we can take it easy on them. And she's like yesterday, you know, and, uh, we'll, we'll just kind of, it becomes a conversation. We have to figure out which way are we going to go with this? Yeah. So, so here, here was something that somebody gave me years and years ago. And that is think of all the things your kids could do wrong. Okay. And, and because one of the hardest things parenting is in the heat of the moment. There's yes. so much emotion, like your kid's throwing a tantrum or, you know, takes a, a brick and chucks it at, at a kid, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, what are you going to do when they, when they disobey? Because they're going to disobey. Well, especially if you're tired and hungry and you got bills to pay, all adding up to this one moment, right? Yep. So, so if, if you look ahead of time and say, babe, what would we do if... Like, like uh, you know, uh, maybe your son's never used a swear word, and then he does. What would you do? Well, maybe the first time you say, uh, you know, Bobby, we don't use words like that. And so that's nice, but then he keeps doing it. Okay, now we have to discipline. But if you, if you work the discipline ahead of time, 
and you both agree, it doesn't matter. If you, you happen to be with Bobby and he does it, you discipline him the way the both of you agreed upon. Because here's the important thing, is you fight for agreement. You intentionally worked to make sure that, you know, because kids are evil. Mm. <laughs> or as one of our friends said, you know, kids are pagans. Yeah. They, they, they're raised with a sin nature. But yeah, I love the fight for, because we can fight, but what are we fighting for? That's it. So you fight for uh, being unified because kids will naturally divide parents. Because who are they going to go at when they want to get away with something? They're going to go to the nurturing parent. Yeah. Mom, Dad said I couldn't go over to Susie's house. That's so ridiculous. You know, they're so nice. And, you know, I got plenty of time and I did my homework. Why can't I go over to Susie's? And, and you know, and, and then the mom thinks, gosh, he is being mean. You know, she should be able to. And she sends the kid over to Susie's. So what does she learn? Go to mom. Right. Yeah. And so so being united as parents is critical. But again, it's in it's in. It's in life. So well, that's okay. So to be united, you're saying we need to explore those possibilities ahead of time. That's it. That's hard to do. Well, I mean, because there's not. there's possibilities that we can't think of, right? Well, so. yeah, but there's things that are close to it. Okay. Yeah. So. You know, it, it, it's like uh, one of the things that cracks me up is people that don't have a budget. It, I'm, I'm right here. Okay, but here's the thing: is, is if you don't have a budget, there's natural room for argument. Now you happen to have a wife, my daughter, who uh, is like Charlie Spence. So, not having a budget, it's more it's about on me. It's more <laughs> restricting you than her. Yeah. But I mean, in in our family, my wife is the spender. I'm the I'm the saver. But having a budget, Debbie's amazing. Yeah. But I don't have to worry about it. We don't get into conflict. So, so you, if you're intentionally desiring unity, it's like whatever it takes. So in parenting, figure out ahead of time what to discipline. But have some structure or, or some guidelines like we're never going to discuss the discipline in front of the kids. We're, we're always going to find agreement. When when the kids go, hey, daddy said I said I could do this. The mom's gonna go uh, just a second, and you, and she goes and checks with you to make sure the two of you are together, because we've said this before on this podcast is the the highest divorce rate is right before the empty nest. Why? Because typically. Uh, husbands and wives are not together on the parenting mm-hmm. or they've been clashing and they just, it, they finally wear out. And this is true in all types. It's not just husbands and wives with kids. It could oh. be without kids. It could be business. It could be whatever. Oh, you ever been in a Bible study where guys conflicted all the time? It gets to be a point. Like I had a, um, it hasn't happened often, but I had a Bible study. I had to blow up. It, the chemistry was horrible, mm. and I couldn't get a couple of the guys to just settle down. They they don't have to drive their opinion, and they need to pay attention and care more about what another person's saying than what they're saying. In other words, they didn't strive toward unity. Now, again, it's not uniformity, because you asked a million-dollar question. <clears throat> Love from a sincere heart, there's two qualities, I think, when it comes to unity uh, and communication, and that is... Uh, tolerance and civility. Civility is kindness. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in what you have to say about something than what I believe. Tolerance is, we could walk away from the conversation. I go, man, Michael, great conversation. Man, I, you and I are, are not going to come together on this thing, but it's all right. Mm. 
because it doesn't divide us. Yeah. It's, so, okay, well, let me, give us some advice on this. Yeah. I could say that I'd like to think your opinion is more important than mine. Yeah. But I might be lying if I said that, because the truth mm. is my opinion matters so much to me. Yeah. Right? So how do I, or what advice can you give us where I can still take interest in your opinion, mm-hmm. but not let, I, and even though I, it's hard for me to let go of how strong my opinion is. Yeah. Right. I think you said it actually more accurately. <clears throat> it's not about that you care about my opinion. You care to hear my opinion. There it is. Okay. In other words, it, it's the civility. It's the, it's the tolerance. And, uh, you know, and again, there's all kinds of topics that are tough ones. I don't care if it's politics. I don't care if it's abortion. I don't care if it's uh, gender identity. All of that stuff. Mm. <clears throat> it can divide. But if you're civil and you're tolerant, you could talk about anything. Right, that's so true. Yeah. So, so he, t- you know, Peter talks about this unity, you know, that we have to strive for. Then he talks about sympathy, and it's it's very much like compassion. It's it's to get out of your own head and feel with others, <clears throat> be sympathetic of their plight, and as you look around, you know, if you woke up every day saying, God, if there's somebody that I can serve. Um, man, put them in front of me. I'll, I'll do it. Man, you're going to find plenty of things. Oh, Opportunities yeah. to open a door. A guy falls over on his bike. You go over to help him make sure he's all right. You know, somebody who, who may lack resources and you have a resource that could help them. You know, a neighbor who, you know, broke their arm and can't mow their lawn. And you say, hey, let me take care of it till your arms heal. What? There's just ample opportunities to be sympathetic and then act on that sympathy. And that's what Peter goes into next, which is love from a pure heart. Now, there's all kinds of love, as you know. And uh, in fact, in the Bible, there's there's four types of love. And we've talked about this before. Let's revisit, because I'm unsure. Okay. So the first one is eros, which is more about intimacy, sexual love. Okay. And because God designed it, and, and it's beautiful, uh, a man and a woman who are in a loving relationship. And so there's there's eros, and that's the first Greek word. Greek word. The second one is storge, which uh, really is, it's it's the love of, uh, it's almost like um, a mother's love for her, you know, her child or her baby, a, a brother's love for his sister. It, storge is, is familial love. Mm. And uh, and it's close to the third one, which is philia, uh, uh, philia which is, uh, refers to a friendship type of love. And, uh, and you know, I, I can look at uh, different men in my life who I'm, they're just deep friends. And, and in fact, uh, in two of the friendships, we've referred to each other as brothers. Right. And, uh, and so there's that kind of love. But then that third type of love, which really is highlighted in the scriptures, is the agape. And that is the selfless love. It's the love that's not, it's not the love if or the love when, but it's just love. And you really never err on the side of love. You know, there are so many ways in which we can love other people. And and when you have a sincere heart, it just flows. And it it gets to that thing of, and I want to talk about this just for a few moments. How do you have a sincere heart? How? Wow. That's a cool question. Well, the word sincerity is a very interesting term, and I've shared this with you before. I had a, a friend of mine, he was a pastor, and he would always uh, 
uh, sign his letters uh, without wax. And, and it's like, without wax? Well, you don't, you don't have wax on the paper? You didn't have any candles or what? And I go, what is the without wax? He said, Eric, you studied Greek. You should have known this. And the word sincerity in the Bible is, is it's actually a first century word. Um, you're familiar with pottery. And I grew up in Laguna Beach. I used to watch guys, you know, uh, make pots, you know, clay pots. And I mean, it's fascinating with the wheel and, you know, how well they form it. Well, when they get done making a pot, just like in the first century, you know, you have to, you have to uh, heat that pot mm-hmm. in a kiln. And I had a friend of mine who was a world-famous potter. And I'd watch him, and he'd put these pots in the kiln. Well, when he would pull them out, there were some that, because of the makeup of the clay or the thickness or whatever, would crack. Well, in the first century, uh, there, there would be some guys or some potters that wouldn't want to waste that pot. And they would literally put wax in the crack. And fill it. Yeah. And then they would put the... Um, uh, what's glaze. The glaze around it and so when they when they when the glaze dried you couldn't tell that that pot had cracked mm-hmm. but as you can know if somebody bought that pot and they were at home and it happened to hit something or they you know uh, or they bumped up against it with something and it would it would break yeah. why because it had a crack well you know a person that would put wax in there is being deceitful right it's about him it's and about making integrity. Money. Yeah. And so without wax means I'm being sincere. You can bank on me. Mm. I have no evil motive. So when you when when Peter says, you know, love others with a sincere heart, it's be integrous. Mm-hmm. Come with sincerity without wax. People can bank on it. Because I don't know if you've ever had a sense of somebody doing something for you and you found out they had an ulterior motive. No, but I, this is so cool. I think you'll, you'll use this in the future. But I've been working on this construction project. Yeah. And I got a buddy. And we'll, you know, we come into these little points where it's like there's a little gap between two pieces of wood or whatever. And he goes, you know, putty and paint makes us what we ain't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you, you just fill it with putty and paint it. We're going to be fine. Right? <laughs> But your goal is always, or it should always be, to 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 not have the gaps, right? And it's 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 a pursuit. You never actually get it, yeah. right? But so that's I love that. I, I mean, I don't know if that was too much of a tangent. No, but. no, it's exactly it. It's it's you know this opportunity to be integrous, sincere. You know, um, um, if you will, you're a whole person. And, like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie City Slickers. I haven't. I've always oh, heard about it. It's an amazing but... movie, but there's this interplay between uh, this character um, and this guy named Curly. And, and the question, no, not Curly, but his partner. And his partner asks him, hey, if you could sleep with, he, he, the, uh, uh, the, um, who's that character on it? Oh, my gosh. I'll think of it. But anyway, uh, so uh, they're having this conversation. And this buddy says, hey, if you could sleep with a woman and nobody would know, would you do it? And, and the guy's married. And, oh, the, the character is Billy Crystal. And Billy Crystal looks at the guy and goes, no, I wouldn't do that. He goes, oh, no, no, come on. If nobody would ever find out, you know, nobody would ever know. And Billy Crystal goes, no, I wouldn't do it because I would know. Mm. See, that's it. Is, is when a person cares about and loves people with a sincere heart, 
they have a good conscience. Mm. They sleep well at night. They don't have to have a good memory. They don't have to cover. And, and, and you know, I don't know if you've ever had somebody wanted to sell something. But the way they went about it is you, you found that they were somewhat manipulative. They had found information about you, and they started sharing it like they knew you. Yeah. And they're kind of coming on to you like you're almost friends, and they don't even know you. And then they've got this thing to sell. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong, and you should be friendly when it comes to sales. People that are friendly and but really care about the customer do sell well. But there are people that do it just for the money. Mm -hmm. it, does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm in sales. Yeah, there you go. And so, so this thing of love from a sincere heart, you see it displayed, but when it's not, it's like, ugh, if you've ever been taken... You know, yeah. like um, I, had a, I had a guy who, uh, uh, against the counsel of me and others, married a woman. And we had said, because he had asked, you know, what do you think of this gal? And we had observed her over months and said, don't think so. Think she's a gold digger. And he just couldn't see it. She's beautiful, intelligent. And he marries her. And four years later, they got divorced. Mm. And he literally came back and said, I didn't see it. In other words, her love was not from a sincere heart. She actually was a gold digger. She wanted his money and got half his money. Mm. And, and so it happens in relationships all the time. But, you know, for me, I, I love the fact that we are called into love by God himself. In fact, Jesus said, they will know you're Christians by what? Your agape, your love, your sincere heart. And, you know, because one of the greatest things we can do as Christians is just love on people. You know, somebody new comes into your neighborhood, bless them. Where, where they go, whoa, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're amazed that you would be that friendly. When you, when you see an opportunity, again, there's so many, especially in, in, the, in the tough uh, financial times right now, there's so many opportunities to just be generous with people and uh, with no expectation. In fact, one of the things I learned years ago, I do not lend money. Mm. If it's within my ability to just give it, I do it. Right. With no expectation of return. Do you know what that does? Tell it, us. Pr it protects the relationship. Yes, it does. Because there will be people that say they're going to pay you back, and, uh, and they don't. Or maybe they don't, yeah. In fact, um, I'm going to share just a list of the guy's names. And if you hear this podcast, no, I would, I would never do that. I'm sure I'm on that list. No, no, you are not. In fact, if there's anybody that owes, it's me. But but I, I want to go back and, and, and just, you know, for anybody listening to this podcast, um, again, magnetism. So having sincere love for other people, people feel it. People want to be around you. People will, will speak your name in the gates, so to say. They will affirm you. And, uh, and it's not the big stuff either. It's just little stuff. Well, and isn't it, at least in my experience, the enemy can whisper lies in this area mm. where, you know, we go out and we sincerely try to be selfless, loving people. Yes. And maybe you come home at the end of the day and you just think, you know, nobody likes me or I have no friends or whatever. Mm. You know, those are lies. Aren't those yes. lies? 
Oh, absolutely. And the sad part is when a person gets to a point where they're almost cynical, it's going to take many acts before they finally realize you're just there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, the gal that lived with Deb and I and, and went through a tragedy uh, with the loss of her twins, uh, twin daughters, and it was through a tragic set of circumstances. And uh, we, when we found out she needed housing because she couldn't work, she was in, uh, she had PTSD and, and um, Deb and I reached out to her and we both agreed, hey, we got a four bedroom house, she can live with us. And she lived with us for a year along with her daughter. And there were no expectations. No expectation for her to pay for anything. We provided whatever she needed. And, uh, man, she got her life back together. And when she le- the day she left, I went, that felt good. To just bless somebody with nothing. In it's that simple. It's that simple, yes. But, but I asked a question, and I'm, I'm going to finish with this. How do you get to a point of having a sincere heart? And I think what you have to do is sometimes you got to do some cleanup because we have gotten, if you will, beat down in our world. We might have a little cynicism. Maybe we've lost the sense of abundance in our own life. Uh, Maybe we've gotten a little bit cynical about people and all of that, self-centered. And I think if we really purposely said, God, help me to be a loving person, he's going to not only help us to realize the infinite value of it, but he's going to heal our hearts so that we can in turn bless other people's hearts. And uh, I, I, gotta, I, I look back in my teens and my 20s, and oftentimes I look and I go, who was that guy? I was so, so self-centered. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I, I, I think I could call myself a narcissist because I, I thought about me all the time. And but man, when I decided it's time, it just turned it around. And and I'm not I'm not trying to be arrogant whatsoever. But this is something I'm passionate about: mm-hmm. loving people. Mm-hmm. I'm a pastor. I get all these opportunities every day to do it. And so you know, I wake up in the morning. I I go, okay, God, what are we up to? And when I do that. Um, I, I just all day long just see these opportunities to bless people with an affirmation, with a hug, with, with, with a, a financial gift, whatever it may be. And, uh, and at the end of the day, did I love people? And if I did, it was a great day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So in the intro, you mentioned a verse that we were kind of yeah. focusing on. What is that verse again? Again, First Peter 3, 8. Okay, so today was really framed up by that verse. And yeah. Um, what a great conversation. I'm so glad we got to get back to the table here and just have a good chat with these microphones and I hope it blesses someone. Um, we are going to be back at, uh, consistently putting out these podcasts. I think we'll do it every other week. Mm -hmm. We always welcome any questions, comments, suggestions. It's relationship by the book at outlook.com. And, um, Thank you so much. Stoked you got we got to do this, Eric. Okay, thank you, Michael. All right. See you in two weeks. <laughs>